0: What is happening, everyone? Welcome to episode 103 of your favorite podcast, the Gorodai podcast. Today, Scott and I are going to talk to you about a wild Reddit story that we read earlier. I'm actually going to read the entire story to you. Don't worry. It's only like 90 seconds. That didn't even take me 90 seconds. It was like 60 second read. Then I'm going to dive into insulin sensitivity and glut four transmission, what those mean to you, why they are so important to you. I really think you're going to learn some good stuff inside. So before you get done with this podcast, make sure to order glucose, RX from from Revive. It directly helps both of these items improve for you. Use code Mihaly at Checkout. Use code Mahalia Checkout for Raw as well. Episode 103. It's going down. I'll see you inside. So earlier today, um, I know you guys love our Reddit conversations. Well, first and foremost, um, I know that today today was a podcast launch day, mm-hmm. right? And usually on podcast launch days, I get a lot of story mentions and a lot of DMs and stuff. I am very sorry I have not gone back to anybody Instagram dude I don't know everyone else's Instagram works around me except for mine yep. but David did say that um what's that thing he uses it's an outage report yeah an outage yeah. report mm-hmm. that like Instagram had a whole bunch of people down yeah um, it happens whatever yeah so I will get back to you guys ASAP um always appreciate you guys tuning in appreciate you guys listening I know that like I love every podcast episode, mm-hmm. but I loved 102. 102 I, was thought, good. I thought 102 was fantastic. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's no burn the double digits. So I like mm-hmm. I have to like we multiple syllables in on whatever <laughs> podcast number we are. So I gotta take a breath. I'm at, yeah, minutes. imagine 134. <laughs> Dude, imagine like, it's gotta be like 963. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: wonder what I mean, I know our podcasts are kind of sporadic right now, yeah. you to travel and we will continue to be that yeah. way. But I wonder what one year what episode will be on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm guessing in like
1: the one fifth, one year will be what? March? March?
0: Yeah, no, no, one year will be, oh, It'll at be our March. one year mark, or one year from now, at our one year mark. One year mark. mark for the podcast. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna be at 150, so. Probably the 150. That'd be dope. Yeah. We'll do a cool little one year thing. We'll start yeah. planning that now. Yeah, that'd be dope. Which means I'll probably plan it a week before.
1: <laughs> Maybe <laughs> for, a day before. <laughs> he'll call me, he'll, he'll call me and be like, shit, Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we need to figure this out. I forgot about it. So, earlier today, I, uh, I sent Scott something on Reddit, and dude, it was wild. I was taking a break in between responding to clients. <laughs> Um, and dude, this shit was so bonkers. Uh, the headline was, I passed my dad begging for money every day. Yeah. Right. That was the title of it. Can you guys imagine, dude? I I saw that and like I got I got chills instantly. Actually, you know what I'm yep. gonna do? You read it? I'm gonna read it. Sometime. Oh fuck! It's not very long. It's not I'm, long. Honestly, it's I'm a intense. fantastic. Yeah, I'm a great reader. You should. Uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you
1: should Andy Forsella, write kids'
0: books. Yeah, dude, yeah, that's what I'm gonna do. So you guys listen. It's really. It's a really quick reading. I think you guys are gonna get chills from this. It's on the subreddit off my chest, which is a really great place. I drive past my dad begging for money every night. My dad has had an opioid addiction for the past five, six years. It has gotten worse and worse. He used to be a successful real estate broker and now is homeless and begging for money on the streets. He's very paranoid and believes that his family's out to get him. I stopped talking to him over a year ago when he asked me to buy him a gun so that he could kill his mom, who was hacking into all of his phones and using mind control technology on him. In quotes, he begs for money at the Burger Clip. Burger place across the street from my new apartment. The first time I saw him there, I couldn't believe it was him. I know I can't stop and talk to him again or let him see me because I don't want to get sucked into his problems again and I can't do anything to help him. I wish I could tell him that I'm happy. I wish I could tell him that I graduated school in May and found a job even during the pandemic. I wish I could tell him that I got married and I wish... He could meet my wife. I wish I could go see him and tell him to come stay at my place in the warm bed in our second bedroom instead of letting him freeze in the cold. I wish I could have a relationship with my dad again, listen to music. We used to like hear him play the guitar again, but I can't. He's not in there anymore. And I feel so guilty every time I drive past him and think about how my life is going so good and his is so bad. And then the author finished. I miss you, dad. That is fucking wild.
1: Yeah. That opened up a, a slew of comments and, and a discussions.
0: Lot, a lot of comments and discussions, and you know, like me, it gave me a massive sense of gratitude. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my my father and I are very close. You know, mm-hmm. my parents and I are like super fucking tight. Sure, sure. But like, man, like even your worst enemy—I'm not even really sure—like who that would be. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> lol. I don't know who my worst enemy <laughs> would be. Who was I like, fooling? See this, and that's so irrelevant. You just gotta yeah. forget about it. Yeah. But, like, I would I, I would never want that, the, sure. that guy to ever sure. experience, like, anything close to that. Yeah. I just want him to, like, I just want him to, like, spill over his oatmeal every morning. Something <laughs> <like> <laughs> that. Like, like, stub his toe once in a while. Yeah, stub his yeah. toe, <laughs> like, once a week, like, to <laughs> let him know that that's the karma, right? Yep. Like, that is so deep. But a successful real estate broker, I mean, a successful real estate broker, that's a six-figure job. Yeah,
1: so I, I, that's what I wanted to break down. A couple things as I was reading that. Yeah. When I read things, I don't know if you do this, I'm sure you do, but yeah. I, I kind of pause, break them down as I think about them. Mm-hmm. If it's a sentence or two words, real estate broke okay. successful. So what yeah. is successful in their eyes? Yeah. Was it six figures? Was it seven? Yeah. Was it on the way to eight? Yeah. Because that could be huge if it was on the way to seven or
0: eight. Oh, absolutely. Right. And absolutely. that that
1: makes it even more impactful the story.
0: Yeah. What I want. So how how I analyze stories it's interesting you do that. How mm-hmm. I analyze stories. I like create this entire narrative. Like I have a visualization. Of what is you play a movie? Like yeah. I play a movie. Yep, that's what I do. But I want to see the other side of the movie. I want to see like, like, how's your mom doing? Oh, you know, how's your, do you have siblings? Like, like I, you almost want to reach out to the author and just like kind of get the entire story. Sure. But, with the amount of um, like karma and stuff, mm-hmm. um, I think that's what it's called. That, that one has generated. Mm-hmm. Um, he might come back and like retell that story. We see that often already. Sure. Um, I thought that was fucking wild. So, um, you know, for wherever you're listening to this at, however you're listening to this, you know, whatever you have going on right now, I hope that just gives you a little bit of gratefulness that, you know, that isn't you. Or hopefully that isn't you.
1: The, the main takeaway I, I got from that was <clears throat> if you are successful in your own eyes whatever that is for you is you know just because you have a relative or somebody who's really close to you that's down on their luck or yep. has something going on that you can't really control it's you can try, if you want, and if you love love that person, you try and you yep. do what you can. Yeah. But at some point you have to cut your ties. That yep. person talked about further down in the comments as they go, that, that individual talked about, you know, we've tried this, we've tried this and it's yep. just, it's going to hold me back. Absolutely. I, it's going to hold my own life back. So at what point do you say? can't do much anymore
0: you can't be everyone's savior yeah right because it, there, there's a certain cost to pay for being a savior and at a certain point yeah. as we know with a cost of anything there's yep. you know that line that it breaks to where it's taking more away from you than what you're actually able to get out of it right mm-hmm. and um you know so so that was enlightening when the author kind of talks about um i i can't help him i can't see him like he's not even there anymore yeah and man honestly like not to that extreme obviously like I, I think few of us have someone. Um, I I I say that ignorantly because I don't know. Sure. I think few of us have someone that we care about that's ended up like that. Sure. But man, like, I mean, I I know we both know people who put so much into people that just aren't able to be saved. Or like, yeah, on it, like aren't worth helping not that their life isn't worth it but like the individual is not accepting it. yeah yeah they, they're not accepting it so you yeah. can't help someone like that so they're not worth helping right yeah. um and you know so so you have to understand kind of when to cut your ties i i, I can't imagine how hard that'd be you know pulling out of your oh, apartment shit. every single day He's like that's my fucking dad
1: yeah um it's like man that's do you like do you brutal. notice that right away do you and, are you drive by and like, you have oh, to just
0: obsess per- over it is
1: that per- well, the first time that yeah. they saw him yeah do you think that guy looks familiar. Or do they immediately? Oh shit! That's my dad.
0: Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. You know, to kind of think about it. Mm-hmm. I, I I have no idea. I hope I never fucking experience. Yeah. I,
1: that. I'm sure. I feel like they would know if they. It sounds like they've been through some some ups Absolutely. and downs. Yeah. and some ins like in yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So,
0: I don't know. I I think that was a really interesting perspective that we got from today. Um, you know, beyond that let's see, we have, uh, we have a podcast So we, we're, we're recording tomorrow. Yep. We're recording tomorrow. Yep. Before and so, so I think we're going to be decently on schedule mm-hmm. for the next couple of weeks. I hope so. It depends when we leave for Orlando next week. If you're going to be at MPC nationals in Orlando next week, make sure to come say hello. I would love to hear from you guys, chat with you guys. Um, if you're going to be on stage, support you guys, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it might be. Um, so Love that show. I hate that it's in Orlando. They should just
1: I, I enjoy why Orlando.
0: It, why is it already big in Orlando? Um, it's I don't know easy it's an easy place it's yeah. accessible uh they're pretty open they yeah. um you know they're the people they're kind of accepting of you know infants coming in and whatnot okay um i'm cool with orlando it's just it, it's it's weird when things aren't where like you know they're supposed to be
1: right? yeah yeah
0: um and obviously mpc nationals every year's in miami um i actually got a look at the uh at the roster for it the other day and the roster is very small really um, right now it's about a sixth of what it was a year ago wow <laughs>
1: Bongers is that Donker. due to only because it moved or kind of a, I think or a-, a lot
0: of it has to do with it being moved i think we would have seen the same thing of usa's would have stayed out in los angeles where it was originally moved to but now yeah. obviously it's moved back to vegas and yeah. it's the week before the fucking olympia right um i do think um i do think usa is going to have dwindled numbers as well mm-hmm. I, I i i do um but that being said, I think there's still going to be talent that shows up like bum ass competitors are not competing right now, mm-hmm. you know, or not competing at that. you know, this has been a tough year financially for a lot of people. Sure. Um, The economic side of competing right now states that, you know, you should be pretty fucking good. If you're going to a national show and competing, Mm -hmm. you know, during uh, all the madness that we kind of have going on right now. Yeah. So the quality is still going to be there, but you know, um, you know, whereas in bikini last year, you had to beat 40 girls Mm. this year. It might only be 20. And you're, I mean, your odds are exponentially higher. Yeah. Um, you know, bodybuilding. I've seen a lot of quality mm-hmm. on my feed. Um, I don't know how many people are. I think, I, I don't, honestly, I don't think bodybuilding changes, but bodybuilders don't care. It, I, G- give bodybuilders a fucking stage to compete on and mm-hmm. bodybuilders are going to show up. No other classes like that, but they're going to show up.
1: I imagine the people who are, you know. Like you said, the bum ass people pretty much you just can't really who have, are down their luck financially mm-hmm. or kind of just don't want to spend the time or effort to go through that because of the situations they're going to ever I'm just, I'm sure this is going to bring out those tw- like 40 going to 20. Yeah, I'm sure those 20 are going to be much more competitive. The 20
0: are going to be really good. I mean, it, it always blows my mind to like go to a national show and you just see people who are not good competitors. And, yeah. Um, Like, why are you here? Who mm-hmm. instructed you to be here? None mm-hmm. of no one around you was informed on what the sport is about or no one around you was transparent with you you like i feel bad when i see that yeah um, because i know how expensive it is to travel to shows yeah you know i talked about um i talked about on here if i take you to the national stage i expect you to be top five mm-hmm. i expect you to get first calls and mm-hmm. every client i've taken there this year um as uh, aside from jess has gotten that Jess is gonna fucking get that next year. Um, you know, I, I, I don't waste people's time. I'm mm-hmm. gonna waste people's money and i don't waste my fucking time. Yeah. Why the fuck I wanna go sit in a crowd <laughs> watching someone get fucking fourth call outs. Yeah. Like what? So like that that's not I mean, you it's know true. me very well. I'm way too competitive for that's that. That's true. And I like if it's not a win, then I'm really just not that happy. <laughs> even on the national <laughs> stage, even on the pro stage, it's like, you know, we got yeah, second. Yeah, we're running yeah. to the Olympia. What's, you know, what's no. an
1: NFL team that's
0: just Notoriously not good. Um, I mean, the Jets, the Browns. They're but the Browns are like good now. So the, Brown, okay, the not, Jets are zero and nine, and, and, <laughs>
1: and over terrible.
0: the like over history, they've just yeah, been bad. They, yeah, I mean, they've had good years. Man, but they're bad. It's, so it's like coaching that team. I it's guess it's like coaching the fuck. Like, <laughs> why would you want to show up and coach the Jets? I'm trying to show up and coach the Steelers, who are fucking oh, undefeated. Like the Chiefs who just won the Super Bowl. Like, I I I I don't agree with people who are not. If you've not won an overall or you know it, it it also depends on the division right like winning overall on bikini is really hard mm-hmm. so kim's gonna go to dallas this week mm-hmm. and kim, you know kim has absolutely bonkers physique she's going to dallas and um you know it's the ronnie coleman's a pretty good size show yeah and what if she gets in the overall she loses to someone else who you know looks like a national top five girl mm-hmm. you know does that mean Kim should not do nationals now mm-hmm. to me? It does not. Okay. It, well, it depends on the scoring of the overall. Sure. Did, did, did that girl just mop the fucking floor with you? Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Um, now, or if you go to, to a show and the girl that mops the floor with you is like going to be unanimous overall champion at the mm-hmm. next national show she does. Well, then yeah. it's hard to pull data from that because obviously yeah. she's that good. Right. But you know, with Kim, the expectations really clear this weekend, and just like it was la you know, the the last time, but it was her first time on stage. We got feedback. We're bringing yeah. her in full, pound, four pounds fuller, mm-hmm. which was the feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we're gonna give him fucking hell. She looks absolutely bonkers. I said in the team a Haley staff shot earlier today. You saw. I was like, if this doesn't win a bikini overall, then truly, I don't know the division. Right?
1: Yeah, yeah. But again,
0: it's bikini, mm-hmm. and it's so subjective. Mm-hmm. And you know what we saw in all said so what we saw in also doesn't really count that was such a poor show <laughs> like everything about that show was so bad i've seen some yeah. people complain if you haven't heard about, about that, that you need to go listen to that episode it was 98 it was 12 16 wins in 12 hours that yeah, episode. That's the one. um it was so bad uh so you know anyways i think that for the majority of people if you haven't won an overall you're probably not ready for the national stage um just my thoughts on it. That's, yeah. That's how I think. So we're going to see. I'm really fucking excited for Orlando. Um, after Orlando, it's a little bit of downtime. So we should, we'll be pretty consistent with the uh, podcast here. Yep. And, you know, we have a lot of great stuff coming. I always fucking think of that because I think everything. Shit changes all great. the time. For us. Yeah. yeah. It's like yeah. every week something changes. Yeah, it really does. But today... Uh, as the title suggests, I want to talk to you about insulin and your GLUT4 receptor. So, um, you know, obviously we know what insulin is. Um, insulin is a hormone that's by the body that, you know, transports nutrients around and um, allows you to, you know, stabilize your blood glucose and, you know, keeps you very healthy. It's very anabolic, extremely anabolic because it, you know, pushes nutrients into muscle cells. And when you push a nutrient into a muscle cell, force a muscle cell to expand, it forces a muscle cell to have nutrients to recover. And when it recovers, it grows. Therefore, insulin is anabolic. Right, Insulin uh, being active also increases your IGF-1 uh, um, numbers. Um, so and it, we all know what fucking insulin is, right? Glut4, uh, it's it's a protein uh, that is essentially a glucose transporter, right? And Glut4 can transport numerous amounts of things, um, but primarily it's a glucose transporter. These two things are very, very, very important, especially for people who are seeing this who really want to push their performance and physique to the next level it'd be pretty fucking ideal to do that with optimal insulin and glut four responses. Right. Understand this first and foremost, though, the results that you get from your overall protocol. When we talk about, um, you know, training or, you know, diet or anabolics or cardio, or whatever, it's all under the assumption that the other parts of the protocol we are not talking about today, you know, are perfect, are in line um and what i mean by in line is up to my standard mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's a pretty fucking high standard to reach right mm-hmm. but understand regardless uh, the center point of your protocol is your recovery Right? How can you recover from the stress um, that you're putting on your body? What's your stress adaptation like? And that obviously comes down to recovery, which comes down to food, which um, you know comes down to how well you can digest and absorb and transport and all stuff. Understand? Results are determined by what you can absorb, not just what you eat. So again, this goes back to the podcast about bikini girls like I eat 900 carbohydrates today, and all this stuff. Like, mm-hmm. That's cool. That's great, right? Mm-hmm. You're not absorbing that. Mm-hmm. It's it. It's not you're you're quite. You're, it's impossible. Literally, <laughs> I mean, there's no statistical anomaly. Uh-huh. I mean, I can't even utilize 900 carbohydrates. Yeah, and I have four times the body mass yeah. that you have, and yeah. you're. It's not possible. We, I, mean, I think that's a really poor approach. Okay, I have friends utilize that approach, in some of their clients, and you know, my if you're friends with me, you're probably a pretty good bodybuilding coach. I don't surround myself a shit fucking bodybuilding coach. Is that
1: approach just
0: give as much as possible and just let's whatever sticks sticks. Yeah. But that's not the approach I would take before I had to fucking take someone that fucking high in food. I would just make you stop training and cardioing. Yeah. Like sit, just sit, just sit down, you know, eat high macros, Mm -hmm. you know, eat your, whatever the, that client needs. And you, you can't train, you know, Mm you're, 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 uh, turning over glycogen you're turning over amino acids you're turning over triglycerides too fast you can't train
1: Mm
0: -hmm. so you see kind of like sit there and you know let us configure whatever we're trying to configure. if we're trying to peak you if we're trying to fill you if we're trying to um, whatever it might be right let's try to have refeeds diet breaks whatever it might be i just want you to sit and that's going to be you know how we kind of fill out your physique and, and give your body nutrients right so Understand by manipulating insulin and GLUT four, we can shuttle primarily to muscle and away from fat. I also want to add in a precursor that says it's impossible to, no matter how insulin sensitive you are, no matter how great your GLUT four transportation is, there's a percentage that is large in part, um, uh, kind of determined by your genetics. determined by your lean body mass, by your body fat, by your stress levels, by your endocrine system, your hormone levels, um, GH T three, um, your nervous system, all these items kind of play into this, right? Is how, how, how much are you just, how much are you just able to utilize? Mm -hmm. How much are you able to recover? How much are you able to respond? All right. It's not unlimited, We have a finite amount of how much we can send to muscle and how much we can send to fat in terms of nutrients. Okay, I think a good nutrient partitioning strategy, nutrient partitioning is literally uh, the art, if you will, of how your body utilizes the nutrients that comes in. Man, if we can send like 70 percent to muscle, 30 percent to fat, we're doing good. If we can go 80, 20, you know, we're doing pretty good. If we can do 90-10, we're doing excellent, mm. right? Because uh, nutrients that, you know, go to fat are going to be pr- predominantly dietary fat. Um, the nutrients that go to muscle are going to be predominantly amino acids. But then, you know, we have this gray area here with carbohydrates where it's not extremely metabolically efficient, um, for your body to, uh, convert carbohydrates into, you know, fatty acids and into triglycerides and, you know, store it away. Um, but it's still an option on the table if you are overfeeding your other stores, right? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Cool. So I kind of want to understand, uh, I want you to understand that not all progress is created equally, right? What I mean by that other there's people who are making more progress than you might be. There's people making more progress than I might be. And sure, we can point to genetics, right? But at the top of this game, the genetics are much more um, unless you just are completely non responsive to drugs. The genetics are much more even playing field, not to like discredit their importance because they're very important, but like. Mm -hmm we're all using steroids. Mm -hmm. We're all training hard. Mm -hmm. We're all hitting our food. Like we're all doing the things that we have to do. We all have good coaches. You know, we're all holding ourselves accountable. Right. And yeah, I might train harder than you. Someone else trains harder than me. I might diet harder than you. Someone else diets harder than me. I might take more drugs than you. Someone else takes more drugs than me. Right. But for the most part, we're going to act like everything here is just kind of A more level playing field, Um, and I don't want to like turn natural people away from this podcast. This is very, very, very important to you. I want you to understand one of the drive, one of the main drivers when all the playing fields are equal, is what's your insulin sensitivity like? How well are you utilizing nutrients? Again, you're not what you eat; you are what you absorb. So, if we have digestive issues, if we have too high of body fat, if we have high inflammation, we're probably not absorbing a lot of things. If you don't have consistent bowel movements, if you have bloating after meals that last longer like 30 minutes or so, we're probably not absorbing everything. And this is important. You're not going to absorb 100%, but can we absorb 95%? Can we use 95%? That's a pretty good ratio right? The rest is, you know, going to be sifted out of your body via, you know, bowel movements. But what if we, how can we maximize every single thing we take in to give our body the tools to recover from the stress adaptation? Well, the literal forefront of this is being insulin sensitive. When we're insulin resistant, you take in food. This usually is because you're too fat, you know, too high of inflammation, which commonly goes hand in hand with being too fat, Um, a genetic predisposition, which is very, very, very unlikely, Um, you know, Po- very poor food choices, which is, you know, really just going to lead to you know, inflammation, you being too fat. If you're insulin resistant, you take in food and your body releases, your pancreas releases way more insulin than it has to. Right. This gives your body no space. You, your body has to, um, you know, reward the job that is done. Right. Like, Thank you for giving me this insulin to transport these nutrients. Now I shall give insulin nutrients to transport. Well, there's an abundance of insulin, so more than you need. So all those nutrients you take in are going to be transported around. Well, only so much goes to your muscle in terms of carbohydrate and fat. The amino acids, man, honestly, unless you're really, like, unless, unless you're, unless you're pretty fluffy, like as a male, if you have no visible abs whatsoever, like no visible cuts anywhere, like, looking at maybe 17% body fat or higher, um, or like females, like 20, maybe 6, 7% body fat or higher, you know, you are going to be very likely to utilize a lot of these nutrients and store them as triglycerides, as fatty acids, is fat in your body. That's who your body's good at. Mm-hmm. But protein, protein's tough it's very metabolically expensive to convert protein. So like, you know, there's kind of an, an old saying that says, you know, you can't overeat protein. And like to an extent, I do agree with that. Mm-hmm. Cause again, if you're in shape, if you're lean, if you're, you know, tight, then man, your, your body converting protein to fat is hard. But gluconeogenesis is still obviously a very real thing that we have to take care of. So it's not like we just want to be in prep for a 190-pound body, but you eat 450 grams of protein a day, no carb, no fat, right? There's going to be a high case of gluconeogenesis, which is turning that protein over into carbohydrate, right? That's what it does. So we need to be able to keep insulin resistant. And number one of those items, one of the most important Parts of the items. I'm not sure if there's number one. Is consuming a diet high in refined carbohydrates? We know that this leads to a certain level of systemic inflammation. We know this leads to a certain level of insulin resistance. We know that this leads to a certain level of GLUT4 downregulation. So you might think it's super harmless, you know, smashing the refined carbs over and over and over again. The reality is, unless you're, you know, 260-pound monster. There's probably going to be some downfalls here, right? What if we just flip this around? What if we, you know, mostly uh, very wholesome carbohydrates like oats and whole grains and you know things of the like, right? Brown rice is considered one. Um, I say that, but I eat a shit ton of white rice. Mm -hmm. I'm also more than 260 pound monster. 275 pound monster <laughs> so it's different right yeah the in, insulin levels yeah and and everyone knows that a beard is highly anabolic and <laughs> so i also have a beard and that turns that keeps me just very anabolic.
1: so you mentioned a few things yeah that were uh f- things to identify when you're insulin you're not insulin sensitive <clears throat> and right what you remind me what those were again
0: when you're insulin resistant, um, so I I discuss the mechanism of action that happens when you're insulin resistant. Yeah. So like, like if somebody doesn't tell. know, yeah. Yeah. So some ways you can tell you're probably gonna have some brain fog. Okay. Your blood glucose will be really high. So get a glucometer and kind of voice check that out. Uh your your blood glucose will be very high. Um or there's actually another side of insulin resistance where it's extremely low. But honestly, in my eight years of coaching, I've seen like three or four times. Okay. So, like, we're not going to talk about anomalies here. We're just going to talk about normal things, right? Um, you notice that the scale's going up, but your training's not improving. Mm-hmm. That means. You're storing body fat, okay. right? Most likely you're storing body fat. If yep. the skill's going up, your training's not improving, well, the fucking weight's going somewhere. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, decreased libido mm-hmm. could be an effect of uh, of insulin resistance, poor digestion. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to say like gassy or bloating because like, I mean, that can happen uh, I, I, I'm, if you're in peak week of, of prep and you have a lot of protein and veggies and you're going to be, you know, a little bit bloated and gassy, mm-hmm. um, you know, so I, I don't want to say like those two things. It's more so very loose stools, mm-hmm. um, that could kind of come from the, um, the, uh, increased inflammation from the digestion that the insulin resistance causes. Um, so you, you're not recovering well. Um, commonly one item we see when we have like a leaky gut or a gut that's not, um, properly, um, mobilizing nutrients is the, the recovery is just poor, mm-hmm. really poor. The sleep will kind of be poor because the body doesn't have nutrients. Yeah. Cause right? it's
1: pushing them through. Yeah.
0: It either doesn't have enough or it has way too many. So is
1: the adverse of all of those true in, good factors to identify when you are in a good space. Yeah,
0: when you're insulin sensitive, um, literally the reverse of all those will be true. Um, Yeah, so it's kind of an easy way to define, right? Like when you're insulin sensitive, you're going to have an increased nutrient uptake in the muscle cell, which means maybe we can turn the 55-45 ratio, the 55% that goes to muscle cell, 45% that goes to adipose or waste. Maybe we can turn that into 80-20, right? That's obviously a massive increase in nutrient uptake it heads to the muscle cell. Decreased fat gain, um, improved rate of fat loss. So if you're insulin resistant and you try going into a cutting phase and you just, nothing's happening, you're pushing, you're pushing, you're pushing, you're pushing, nothing's happening. And then, well, number one, you could be, it's likely you're insulin resistant, right? So then you tell me, well, my glucometer says my reading is this. Okay, that's great. So what can happen, there's an element of insulin resistance that allows, um, like, hyperinsulin, whatever the fuck it's called, too much insulin to just constantly be released. Okay. Too much, okay. all the time. Okay. Right? You're hyperinsulinogenic, something like that. Um, all the fucking time, you're just turnover insulin. When you're not eating, when you are eating all this stuff. So, as soon as anything hits your bloodstream, it's taken up. Right? And then you check your blood glucose, you have a low blood glucose reading. Well, yeah, because you have way too much insulin circulating, right? Mm-hmm. And so one way to get that tested is by, you know, getting blood work done with, uh, with your doctor and you have to request a fasted insulin check. If your fasted insulin is really high, your blood glucose is normal. That's exactly what's happening. You're going to have reduced water retention if you're insulin sensitive. You're going to have decreased visceral fat, which means you have a tighter waist. Visceral fat is like internal fat, that deep fat, kind of like surrounding organ. It's like hanging on the organ type Mm -hmm. fat. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, So decreased visceral fat is really good. Actually, one of the Best drugs ever studied. Actually, the best drug ever studied for reducing visceral fat is DMP. Mm-hmm. You know, I fucking love talking about my DMP. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> visceral man. DMP attacks visceral fat very quick. Okay. DMP actually, um, because of its MOA, which is shutting down the Krebs cycle, DMP increases the usage of visceral fat first, first and foremost.
1: You now your your adipose sites. Yeah, that's. that's-
0: the fat adipose around places like is your- where adipose cells are stored and a bunch of adipose cell a cluster of adipose cells is what creates adipose tissue. and that is
1: not that and that is different than visceral
0: fat. That's different so, same but different usually right. when we discuss adipose sites so your visceral fat is all protective yeah right and it keeps your organs really, safe yeah we don't really need to create and so one of the reasons why your diet while you're dieting you get really fucking lean yeah. that your body just starts really turning against you is because it's such low visceral fat okay it turns to a fight or fight or flight mode more sympathetic could, could
1: you them. visually look at visceral no. fat as uh a coating of oil or like butter around your organs you could
0: okay you could if you pulled out a heart you said no someone, like you knew it what I was going to fucking of, say yeah <laughs> <laughs> if you pulled out a heart of someone who had a large amount of visceral fat, yeah. it would be there would be fat covering almost the whole thing.
1: OK. Yeah. So, there's so a, there's a, it's a coating of fat.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You got it. Whereas sites are usually formed, um, you know, in a more subcutaneous layer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just kind of more so uh, under the skin. Mm-hmm. Um, that's more so where sites are going to okay. be formed okay. for the majority. But again, it's not 100 zero. It's more like 80 20. Sure. Right. Okay. Adipose is adipose just gonna find its way. No matter yeah. how it needs to, it's gonna find its way. Because those are the fats that cells that stick around. Yeah. Yeah. Ad, can, ad, yeah. Ad, your your adipose cells are the ones that are being stored as fat. Yep. Okay. Okay. So how do we combat this? How do we combat this? Well, number one, we would like to consume a diet with very wholesome foods. All right, we already discussed that. Number two, having a really high protein number, probably a really good idea. No, you're fucking kidney's not gonna stop on you because you're eating a lot of protein. I hope we, I hope we're for that now. I hope we left that back in the 1980s, (laughs) but my number one item, stay lean, right? For men, you should always, if you're a bodybuilder and you're in the off season, You have to live the life of a bodybuilder, right? If you're a dude in the off season, you should always have visible abs. This doesn't mean chiseled. This doesn't mean you're fucking, you know, cranked up, right? You just need to have visible abs. Like, I'm not super fucking lean right now by any stretch of imagination, but when I had an ab thigh, you still see, you know, seven fucking abdominals, mm-hmm. right? and i i think that's where you need to stay you you're guaranteed insulin resistance Mm -hmm. especially with as much as much muscle mass as a bodybuilder will have Mm -hmm. even if you know this this applies for all bodybuilders not just guys the amount of muscle you're going to have if you have visible abs you're you're going to be insulin resistant you're going to have a good blood glucose reading you're going to partition nutrients pretty well the odds of you having good digestion are much higher than not the odds of you having Low inflammatory numbers are higher than they are not. The odds are all in your favor here. So stay tight. This doesn't mean you stay peeled. Like if you go to the beach tomorrow, you should feel pretty well. You know, taking off your shirt and having some fucking abdominals, right? For women, um, you know, it's it's kind of the same thing. We should always see like the outline of abdominals. We should always like have some leg striations, right? Just or uh, leg cuts, not striations. Um, you know, there, there should always be. You should always be. Defi- you should always have a defined physique. Mm-hmm. Right? You like you flex like a back double bicep, and you can like see your fucking back. Mm-hmm. Right? That's a good place for us to stay. I think it's a good place for us to be. It's a good place for us to improve. Um, it's a healthy place for us to cons- consistently recover from. It's a healthy place for us to improve cardiovascular performance. um, sleep all that stuff stress mitigation all that stuff right for
1: for people who are really lean so for yep. example you were super lean back in your running days yeah right and it was really hard for you to pack on muscle yeah very hard do you have to because you had to gain some significant fat yeah. to get to the level you're at right now yeah so did you have to become insulin or insulin desensitized
0: and i i became pretty insulin resistant in my last off season just because i got so fat yeah i would have done better taking a slower approach right my coach at the time and i were like chasing a number on the scale sure we really want to see that number.
1: the the reason i asked is because there's a lot of people who are skinny naturally yeah. and yeah. have a hard time building muscle yeah
0: and so so like that's me too it's And honestly if you're skinny naturally you're gonna have you know genetics on your side of like insulin mm-hmm. sensitivity okay. and you know you probably handle blood glucose pretty well you probably have low levels of inflammation right okay um so you know that's that that's it's not necessarily a benefit because, you know, also if on the you know opposite of people who are bigger all the time. It's like we well, can probably gain muscle easier sure. um, as well. So it's not really like it's, it's it's you have to utilize what wherever you're at. You just have to utilize that to the best of your advantage. Right. So if you're naturally smaller, if you're naturally leaner, yeah, you probably are going to start out with higher nutrient partitioning levels. So we can probably push protein a little bit harder, mm-hmm. but we still want to watch the carbohydrate source. Um, we would probably push fast a little bit harder but we'd like to um you know make sure that we're not pushing them too fat to actually get fat Mm -hmm. right um so if you're naturally a leaner person then you're probably going to have a a, i I don't i hate the term faster metabolism but a higher metabolic turnover a higher metabolic output okay right so that kind of helps all these items so a lot of people it's super common uh thought if you will that fat cells are just like there it's mm-hmm. like you know you know, like when you feel muscle, it's like, oh, but like that has an action. Yeah. Right? And you can feel its action yep. when you contract the muscle.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like fat, you can never feel its action. It's mm-hmm. just is you like you grab it and it just like jiggles. Sure. Right? sure. It's like my fucking love handles right now. Grab yeah. my fucking love handles it's and you just, take a caliparty bridge. You know, they're just fucking <laughs> jiggling up and down, like twerking. And uh said <laughs> my love handles. I don't want to see Justin twerking. <laughs> so, <laughs> so fat cells actually serve a purpose they, it's it's active it's a, it's a thing your fat cell fat body fat is considered an organ in and of its own right so it, it releases fatty acids which again can be a good thing if you're you know releasing fatty acids from fat during a cut and you're releasing them in your bloodstream to be utilized for energy right but they could just release fatty acids all day <laughs> Which, again, tries up your insulin uh, um, numbers, your your insulin um, response, tries blood glucose, brain fog, all that stuff, right? Is is that just always going to happen or is that a maybe? If there's too, much, it, it depends to the level of which, right? Yeah. So even a lean person, at some point during the day, their fat cells are going to just release some fatty acids, right? It's just, it's, it's just a metabolic response. It's what it does? It's, okay. it's an organ. It's, okay. You know, it has a job. The heart beats, and you know, fat does this, right? Okay. So release fats, but if it only releases a tiny amount, like a trace amount, yeah. then that doesn't require much response from the body. There's going to be a little bit of insulin shoveled into your bloodstream. Mm-hmm. And it's just going to go clean it up and take care of it. Okay. But we're not going to have an abundance, Yeah, right? When we get an abundance is when there's an issue. So... It's going to release some fatty acids, it's going to release some glycerol, it's going to release some hormones, it's going to release some cytokines, and we all know cytokines are very, very pro-inflammatory. It's going to downregulate your GLUT4, um, you know, which GLUT4 is directly related to having optimal nutrient partitioning. It's going to cause insulin resistance. When, you're, when you have too much fat, it's going to cause insulin resistance. The two go hand-in-hand. If you're too fat, you're also insulin-resistant you're not going to meet a fucking fat person who's, who's insulin sensitive. It's a, it's a, it's a fucking it, oxymoron. Said they wouldn't be fat then, right? Exactly. Okay. They, they, they wouldn't be fat. They would have okay. taken care of it.
1: Well, um, is the only way to test your G L
0: 4 through blood work? Um, no, I don't think you can touch your glove four. Yeah I, did, yeah, I didn't know. The, again, like the tests of it's like, well, am I making positive physique changes okay. over time? If so, then I probably have pretty fucking good glut four turnover.
1: So, the glut I don't f- think it can be. So, tested. assessing your glut four ability, turnover is, ability yeah. is based on your basically
0: checking time. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's basically just assessing your check. It's just assessing your progress. Okay. And if you're progressing, it's probably good. If you're good. not, well, so, so glut four,
1: good. glut four and insulin, uh, have similar responses,
0: yeah. So GLUT four and insulin, they they just coincide. Okay, they coincide wherever one is, the other probably is going to end up being okay. as well, um, a majority of the time. Yeah, right. Cardio, we know we know that cardio is very good for insulin sensitivity, which means it's very good for GLUT four turnover and and uh, transmission. We know that if we're in good cardio shape, that we have greater weight training capacity. We know that cardio can aid in recovery and not pull from it. It can aid in recovery in terms of increasing blood flow. But man, I've talked about this before. I just don't think people are doing cardio the right way. Look, I'm not saying your coach is wrong. I'm not saying I'm better than your coach. I'm saying intent-based cardio is in fact better than mindless cardio. I think everyone would agree with that. If you go into your cardio sessions with a goal, I tell my clients, if you get on the stairs, every 50 floors should take you about 10 minutes. If you're on the elliptical, every mile should take you between six and seven minutes. We have three and a half miles on the elliptical. We have 150 floors of stairs. Mm -hmm. Your goal is to beat that. Because I also tell my clients too: every single time you should achieve this goal faster than you did last time
1: you know, it's frustrating to me Yeah, is that ellipticals, and I'm sure this happens with other cardio equipment. It's <laughs> not use, calibrated. You have, <laughs> use, you have to use the same elliptical all the time <laughs> because the one in hog. And then there are two different types of our apartment all have different readings. Yeah. All of them. And it's not a little bit. It's drastic, drastic. It's insane. Yeah. So when you told me two uh, two miles would take me about like 14, 15 minutes, yeah. right? Hog on the, on the money. Yep. Yeah elliptical one in my apartment I hit two miles in like seven fucking minutes oh fuck (laughs) elliptical two I hit two miles never no
0: shit because it was too long it was too long moving too slow yeah Yeah. so I just used a timing. yeah 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 that makes sense but You want, so, so then if you go to the time-based model, so let's say you have the problem Scott has, and I tell you, you know, you need three and a half miles. And so you're like, all right, so this is basically 21, 22 minutes, right? Well, Well, let's try to use the same elliptical every single time. And we know that the elliptical is not calibrated. Mm-hmm. We're we hit 21 and a half minutes. Mm-hmm. Every single time you get that 21 and a half minute mark, that distance has to be further. We know it's not calibrated. Okay. But if we're using the same elliptical, it's yeah. just as fucked up as just it was use yesterday. Mark- use your markers. Yeah. So yeah. You use your markers mm-hmm. and bust your fucking ass and like push it. Right. Yeah. So that, that's actually, I'm glad you brought that up because people are going to have that question. So push yourself, utilize fucking intent. Give yourself a tangible goal. Doing cardio, what does doing cardio for 45 minutes mean? I do cardio for 45 minutes when I walk Peyton. Do I consider that low intensity steady state? No. Do you? Maybe. I consider low intensity steady state still fucking pushing yourself. I consider low intensity steady state, not essentially based off the heart rate. It's more so based off you. What can you do for this amount of time that you don't have to drop off of?
1: Is there not a heart rate you'd like to stay within? I've heard that a lot. Yeah,
0: ideally there is, but fuck it. And honestly, it just matter. varies so goddamn much. Are you pushing yourself? That's what okay. I care about. For lists, are you yeah. pushing yourself? For miss or for hit? You know, those have different. But for lists, are you pushing yourself hard? Because you also get used to this whole heart rate thing, right? Yep. Let's say we're going to do cardio for a 16 week prep, you know, mm-hmm. early on you know, you're getting your heart rate there. And then later on, you're getting your heart rate there. And then midway point of prep comes, you're in a really good cardiovascular shape. You have a great response to it. You're just humming along and your heart rate can't really get there. Even if you're pushing harder,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? You've adapted. So n- now you've adapted. Well, now you're going to get discouraged. Now you're going to hit me up with a text like, what do I do just push, push yourself? Keep going. I, yeah. I mean, I just go fucking hard. Yeah. The harder you go here. And again, I also don't want you on the, uh, understand how my clients do cardio. We're not holding on. We're, we're not utilizing the machine to leverage, you know, 30% of our body weight against We're we're, we're doing cardio. We're working out mm-hmm. you know, through the cardio machine. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're doing that the entire time, extreme intent, higher caloric burn, the harder you go. The less cardio you got to to get in shape, fucking amazing, fucking amazing that happens, huh? I'm gonna talk about the drug component here because there's one that I love. I love metformin. I am in a relationship with metformin. I love metformin.
1: <laughs> the first thing you said, I love met. I love
0: metformin. I love metformin fantastic drug it's uh you know anti-diabetes drug if you will so what it's marketed as but amazing purpose for bodybuilders it can rapidly mobilize and activate glut four receptors is huge i mean take it pre-work and uh, by the way a lot of people Categorize metformin as a glucose disposal agent, and I lol at that really hard. It's not. <laughs> do not disrespect metformin. It's not a glucose disposal agent. That is one of its effects, based on its uh, a byproduct of the actual effects of the drug. So, when we mobilize and activate GLUT4 transportation and transmission, what happens? We're able to take nutrients better. We're able to have better nutrient partitioning. We're able to have better insulin sensitivity. So this directly makes you more insulin sensitive. We have to have an, a morning and a night dose twice a day. Come on. You're not going to fucking forget that. But it's going to improve your gut biome. It's going to pull down inflammation in the gut. If it pulls down inflammation in the gut, it's going to pull down systemic inflammation as well. It's going to improve digestion because the improved gut biome. It's going to lower um, um, your uh, oh inflammation Right fucking set inflammation. But one thing, dude, you know what I fucking hear? This means nothing to Scott, but I'm going to bitch about it anyways. (laughs) If I can hear about this shit all the time, it's like people fucking ask me Q and A's Like they fucking slide my DMS. That's what met Foreman. And I give them a fucking answer. Right, uh-huh. give me this fucking answer. And everyone always looks for this magic, some magical fucking thing as to so why something works or doesn't work, right? Yeah. Like, well, <laughs> But the studies say it downregulates your mTOR. You're worried about your mTOR, which is what ignites protein synthesis. Mm-hmm. You're worried about this being downregulated when you're literally injecting trend balone. I. <sighs> On the list of things I'm not worried about is my mTOR not working when trembolone is active in my body. You have high amounts of fucking steroids in your body and you're worried about this. Well, (laughs) what do you think wins? Are are they just totally irrelevant to each other? Yeah. Steroids are just so powerful. Yeah. Steroids cause an exact action to happen. Yep. Metformin does not go in and downregulate mTOR. Metformin, through a spider web, an entire series of events can Uh cause very slight mTOR downregulation. Okay. steroids go to the fucking mTOR and they're like, work. Okay. Like, which one's going to fucking win the battle? All right. right? Yep. Like, it's... (laughs) God, I get so fucking frustrated. And
1: people are shit. worried that it's going to affect it because, negatively.
0: Well, yeah, because people just read one thing and they're like, "Oh shit, that, that's it, that's it." Like that's fucking downracing. You're searching, you're searching for the information you want to find. Jesus Christ, you're missing the forest <laughs> for a fucking tree. And it's like the tree's right in your fucking skull. But you got this forest of great gains out there to be fucking had. You're the just missing it. The forest of gains. The makes forest gains. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> the gym name. That's a great gym name idea. Yeah. So. Dude, I love metformin. Berberine's another really good one. It is included in Revives Glucose RX. Make sure to go use my code Mahalia at checkout. It's fantastic. Actually, its insulin sensitizing effects of berberine are on par with metformin, as proved by numerous research. Berberine is fantastic. It's really good for some people. Uh, actually, both of them, berberine and metformin. Metformin, to a much more drastic extent than berberine, it's, it might cause some loose stools for a few days, right? What does this mean? This means your gut biome is off, as your body's adapting to this drug being active, your gut biome is going to increase. It's going to be healthier. It's going to serve you better, right? So a, a, a part of this, having very loose stools, like almost fucking diarrhea, sorry, I I fucking cross the line with you, if there is a line. <laughs> But you might have that for a couple of days. Suck it the fuck up. Get over it. It's going to be all right. I promise you're going to come out better. And then the final item here I want to talk about is your T3 levels. If you go look up how T3 is related to insulin resistance or glut four downregulation, you're not going to find a lot. But I've seen a lot of blood work in the past really kind of three years when I really learned how to read blood work. Anytime there's a low level of T3, there's a high level of insulin resistance. Every time, 100% of the time, the two don't not go hand in hand, right? They always show up together. Mm -hmm. So what does this mean? This means that we need to have our T3 in upper normal range. We don't have too much T3. We have too much T3. You're going to have a lot of amino acid breakdown occurring in your body as well. And that makes it really hard to retain muscle and build muscle, you know, any of those things. But if we have low T3, you're going to be insulin resistant as well. So get your blood work done, assess that, and make sure it's not an issue. If it is an issue, um, you know, utilizing new ethics thyroid boost for a few months is a really good place to go. It's not the only place to go, but it's a really good place to go and it's a place I'd recommend you start. Okay.
1: How long does it take to reset or bounce back your insulin or bring it back to normal what would be
0: normal levels um, I guess it just it, it, it depends with everybody it also depends to the extreme they're willing to go to to get it done uh-huh. um, you know if someone comes and they're extremely insulin resistant and you know all of these items and they want to you know implement metformin mm-hmm. and you know maybe they want to utilize a fat burner <laughs> uh, specifically like a DMP like we talked about earlier you're going to get there pretty fast right? okay. we're going to be able to make progress really quickly so the first one um,
1: would be if you're going to use drugs or not so
0: yeah, I, I hate saying it like that, but yeah, I mean, you know, that's this large indication. Number two is like, how much cardio are you able to do that you're still able to like recover from? That's not going to tap into your recovery. Yeah. Uh, number three is going to be dieting. How hard are you actually able to diet? Um, you know, if you kind of mean you're fat and you're insulin resistant. Well, your whole life's been a fucking cheat meal as far as I'm concerned. So like, it's time to like, let's be straight. Well, let's really buckle the fuck down. But you also you kind of have to like taper people into that. Right. Um, so it, it just depends individual to individual, you know. And it, 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 depends on how hard, how bad, uh, you know, they came to me, how bad a shape they came to me in, um, you know, it, all those items kind of, can, come
1: can you go effect. in and out or not? Yeah. Really?
0: Yeah. You definitely can But a lot of bodybuilders live their fucking life going in and out. Okay. And that's why they're so fucking unhealthy. Yeah. You know, overall, um, and you know, some of that's a, a big reason why guts are so predominant. <laughs> well, I shouldn't say so predominant because people like make it seem like it's a bigger deal than it actually is. I mean, I get to a lot of bodybuilding shows and it's rare that I see like an overblown gut. But what's that what, what that is caused from predominantly is going to be insulin resistance. People like no growth hormone abuse or insulin abuse, and like both of those things lead into insulin resistance. Mm-hmm. Growth hormone doesn't cause it, the insulin doesn't cause it, you being insulin resistant calls it because there's other people using the same amount of growth hormone, the same amount of insulin as that person or more, but they don't have a blown-out gut. Mm-hmm. So insulin resistance kind of what causes it so you can go in and out um and like i said a lot of bodybuilders do and they're all season will be out during the season will be in not a good way to live not very fucking healthy not going to be very productive uh for you so for episode 103 i hope this is helpful i hope it kind of gave you some thought points to think about and you know assess within yourself but man you know what we're gonna record 104 tomorrow so i'm gonna see you guys again really 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 soon i hope you guys have a fantastic day episode 103 i'll see you next time